steal it. Sorry. It's been so long. Uh, good evening. I'd like to call the uh, June meeting of the Petaluma Municipal Airport Commission to order. Uh, Madam Secretary, could you call the roll, please? Commissioner Ashton. Here. Commissioner Debnar. Here. Frost. Here. Councilmember Harris. Commissioner McGraw. Here. Commissioner McDonald. And Commissioner Winter. Okay, thank you. Uh, approval of minutes. Um, any changes or edits to minutes? If not, can I have a motion to approve? Uh, so approved. Thank you, Fred. I second. Joe, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Opposed? Thank you. Okay, public comment. I have no public comment cards, but I've got one for an agenda item upcoming. Uh, Bob, uh, correspondence? Uh, we have no correspondence. Okay, this is what I like to see. And no old business, but we do have new business. Okay. Um, let's see. I believe our presenter for item 6A, the adventure-based flight school, uh, has arrived. Um, if you would like to come up to the microphone, introduce yourself and um, your home address. And uh, I think we've got the PowerPoint up there for you to go through if you'd like to do that. Commissioner McGaw. Yes. I'd like to uh, recuse myself on this item. Oh, good idea. Thank okay. You. Thank you. Mark, thank you. Uh, my name is Anandeep Panu. Currently, I'm a resident of Bellevue in Washington, but I intend to move down here in September. Um, and uh, uh, I actually work for a small company you might have heard of. It's called Microsoft. Uh, so, um, and uh, I intend to be uh, leaving that job and doing uh, this training squadron uh, uh, business full time. Um, uh, I've been a software manager slash uh, technical person for close to 20 years. Uh, I've graduate degrees in computer science and I have an MBA. Uh, also, I've been an aviator uh, since I could remember. My father was a pilot in the Indian Air Force and his uncle was a World War II pilot fighting against the Japanese. So uh, it's kind of in, I don't remember not wanting to ever fly. Um, I have a I have my CFI check ride scheduled for June 15th. Uh, I have a commercial instrument, single engine land, single engine seaplane rating. I am an aerobatic pilot, and uh, I also used to be a soaring pilot, so uh, some time ago uh, I did actually co-pilot somebody who won third place in, in the nationals in that as well. So um, I wanted to introduce the business and let me make sure I actually bring up the right presentation. <coughs> ah, there it is. All right. So um, this is not a regular flight school that you would find that uh, gives licenses for people. It's not meant for uh, not meant for people who are who have never flown before who want to get a license. Uh, it's meant more for people who already know how to fly. It's not meant to teach them to be commercial and airline pilots. It's meant to teach them to be better sport pilots. So it's uh, as an adventure sport, but also emphasizing that it's not a forgiving sport. Right? It's, uh, 
you need to have mastery of this. Um, so that's the that's what I'm doing now. It's my proposal. Um, this is the website we have created. Uh, it's not completely done yet because we don't know the address where we will be located. There are three pillars for our business. The first one is training pilots. Um, and the aircraft of choice for that is also known as the pilot maker. It's the T6, the Howard, the SNJ, um, which was used to train 70% of all Allied pilots in World War II. So it has a history with that. And the reason it did that was it is a very good trainer. The second aspect of it is uh, we'll be giving warbird rides. Um, so uh, that will be uh, for two reasons. One is it's a good business. It, uh, you know, the more hours you run on your airplane, the more money you make. Uh, but the other more fundamental reason is it introduces pilot uh, people to flying. And I want to do that the right way. And hopefully, you know, when they see that it's an exciting, uh, wonderful adventure that they'll try and become pilots themselves. And the third big pillar is location. Um, my, the flight school is aimed towards not just people in the US uh, or around the San Francisco Bay Area, but uh, it's aimed for people internationally. Most people who have the money, the disposable income, and the desire uh, to fly, but don't have the freedom to fly in countries like you know, in Latin America, even in Europe, some of them don't uh, have the kind of freedom we have here, which we should preserve, but uh, uh, China, India, there are people who have lots of money, no freedom to fly. It's meant for people like that. So, but they're, they're in their 40s, they have kids and family. Uh, if, they to, if they tell their wife, I'm going to go for two weeks by myself somewhere to do something selfish, that isn't going to fly. Uh, so, but if they say, hey, honey, I'm going to take you for a wonderful vacation to wine country, I think that's a done deal. So, uh, so that is a really, so being at Petaluma is really important to us. It's not, it's not, this is not a transferable idea. Um, so this is, we are unique. Uh, basically, I mean, if I talk to any of the other flight schools, they will not be addressing this business at all. Uh, we are attracting customers who are seeking thrills in advance flying. We are flying the kind of aircraft. Um, the other thing that I want to include in this is people are now used to you know, these adventure games and games on Xbox, and they're used to scenarios. And I think that's also a useful educational tool. And instead of telling people, well, I'll teach you to fly from A to B, you know, you can cruise along. I can teach them to do a photo recce mission of this area, and you've got to avoid these mis missile zones. They just happen to be class B airspace, you know. So that's the kind of uh, the syllabus that we want to develop. Um, we also being from Microsoft and knowing the flight simulator team, uh, I'm going to have a desktop simulator that will be a T6 cockpit, but with vision, uh, three or four panels, three or four, uh, that will you know, train them to do all the, uh, the procedural stuff. So um, the other thing is I do not believe there is a, a sightseeing warbird operation at Petaluma. And this will be an additional destination for people who will be attracted to the airport and come there <coughs> when they normally would not. So that's, uh, and that's our customers. They're, like I said, uh, there's, I'm actually starting aiming for Japan and EU because there's a, those are little, the markets are more developed, but I also, want, I know that there are people in India, some of whom are my friends who would 
love to pay me money to do this. <laughs> and uh, I'll start with the Japan and EU nations and then go on uh, down the... Of course, U.S. pilots, are all, there are a lot of them uh, who, are, who would love to fly a warbird in a, in a sort of structured environment, and, and we would love to have them as customers. Um, the right customers are basically already tourists who are visiting the county, who are in San Francisco, uh, who are looking for uh, you know, one of the bucket list things to do. And uh, uh, they are you know, having them come here. It's great because they can then dine here. They can, you know, they can go off to the Vallejo Mission. They can, they're, they'd be attracted to this area because you know, someone's taking a warbird ride but other people are going doing other things. Uh, these are all high dollar value customers. They are, uh, generally a T6 doesn't rent cheap, um, so they'll be self-selecting um, and uh, they, they are here for you know, spending a certain amount of money. I know for a fact that a German family, for a middle, middle class German family, spending ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 a year on vacations is not unheard of. Um, they do that in Europe and the rest of the world. Um, it is not competitive to existing flight schools, again. I'm not going to have a Cessna 172, or it's going to be a T6 and a decathlon. And the decathlon is mostly there, so I can, you know, people who haven't had any tailwheel training before putting them in a T6, I want to give them some training at decathlon. And that'll be leased. Um, and that's, uh, I'm uh, currently looking at two different uh, T6s. One is up at Santa Rosa, uh, the other one is in Seattle. Uh, they're both one is a Navy model and the other one is an Air Force model. Um, I should have that deal done by the end of this month. Um, you know, there's pros and cons in both of those. Uh, and I'm, uh, I've already looked around here for a decathlon. Um, it might be a Cetabria, but uh, I would prefer a decathlon uh, to lease. Uh, I'm putting in 100, uh, 100K of my own money, uh, which will basically be on leasehold improvements, IT infrastructure, uh, the, the simulator and the initial operating expenses. Um, uh, I plan to grow the business for about five years at least. Uh, my uh, dream is that we operate a P-51 uh, like Stallion 51 in Florida does. And if we do well, I think we, that would be within reach. Um, and uh, we are going to spend a lot on marketing. I think that's one of the things that small aviation businesses don't do. It's, doesn't have to be expensive, but you have to spend a lot of you have to have do a lot of mind share in that, and make sure that you you do it consistently and it's all unified. So um, that's my bio. Um, I have a MS and MBA, like I said. Uh, I'm uh, have a bunch of uh, sport pilot experience. I've been a captain in the Civil Air Patrol and been a member since 2001. Um, I have um, the mix of business and aviation experience. I've run startups before. I founded one, and I was running another one. Um, uh, my wife is, uh, does all the phone ads that you see of AT&T, you know, uh, the device ads. Uh, my wife is the was the marketing person behind them, uh, at least for the last generation. Uh, now she's a commercial photographer, and so that will also be a feature. And, uh, uh, she knows, she has extensive experience in uh, you know, web and social media and the internet, which is going to be our primary uh, marketing tool. Um, so this is just to give you an R idea of the hours flown. We not, don't have unrealistic estimates. I'm not flying the T6 800 hours a year. I'm flying it, you know, 400 hours a year, including Warbird rides. So uh, all the projections are based 
off of the, the hours flown. Um, I, the, the progression I want to do is the T6 and decathlon. In the decathlon, I'll also be teaching um, uh, unusual attitude aerobatics. Uh, believe it or not, uh, T6s are forbidden from spinning by the FAA, even though they taught a whole bunch of people to spin there. There's a placard now that says intentional spinning is prohibited. So any training I give on spins has to be done in the decathlon. Uh, the idea is that I add more and more interesting aircraft, probably uh, you know, uh, one of the L-29s or L-39 jets, uh, a 172 amphibian, uh, so I can teach uh, you know, seaplane flying. Being up in Seattle, I've had the uh, experience in doing that. Um, uh, and then uh, also set up a, a small air combat operation that is able to attract with Marchetti's. Uh, and finally, the P-51 is what I would in the five years I'm aiming for. Um, so these are the revenue projections. Um, if I showed this to one of my bosses at Microsoft, they would say this is not a good business because they expect 80% gross margins. But I have about 14 to 17, which I believe in this business is, is a good, good gross margin. And uh, uh, so uh, the revenue build up, uh, you know, builds up with the number of airplanes I, uh, I get. Uh, one of the things that uh, I found is with the depreciation that you get, you definitely save a lot of cash that would otherwise go to taxes, and uh, you can build that up. Um, and so, uh, uh, you know, uh, the other thing is that uh, you, the more expensive aircraft you operate, the, you know, you know, the percentage, if you still have the same percentage that you're earning, the amount of money that you get is more. So, you know, it's better to have a T6 that you can sell because the customer acquisition cost is the same whether you get someone to fly uh, a 172 or a, uh, or, a, or a T6 in terms of marketing, uh, but the amount of money that you get, even with the same percentage revenue, uh, is a lot more in a T6. So um, you will see that there's a dip in the, uh, in the uh, uh, earnings uh, in the third year. Uh, that's when I start taking a salary. Um, I am part of the investment that I'm making is I'm, I will not be taking a salary for the first two years as the manager. Um, and so we are hoping to get up to about 2.7 millions if we get the P50, uh, P51, because currently Stallion 51 charges something like $32,000 for a 10-hour course. So, uh, and they're they're booked solid. So, um, hopefully, I can give them some competition. Um, the, the spending, most of it is uh, is local. Um, uh, there is some employee cost. Uh, I'll need some receptionist, uh, a fuel line person, or uh, someone to you know get the aircraft prepped. Uh, uh, there will be some facility cost, but fuel and oil and uh, engine and airframe avionics maintenance are the big costs. And fuel and oil I'll be getting from the county, and uh, I would like to get someone to locally look at the engine and airframe maintenance. Um, you'll also see instructor pay is a significant part of it. I have the model where I pay the instructor. I'm not taking anything off the top uh, from the instructors. They'll be all top-notch instructors, approximately making $70, $75 an hour. And so that will be that'll be someone, you know, hopefully it's someone in the area. But that depends on who has T6 experience. Um, and so this is the total that the total amount of spending that the business will do over uh, over the years. Now these are, you know, obviously completely optimistic figures, but the, the reason 
these make sense is uh, my operational cost depends on how much I fly. There's a certain fixed cost that's reasonably low. Um, and you know, it's just the 30 gallons that I consume fuel when I take the T6. But hopefully when I'm doing that, I'm actually earning money. So uh, even if the, if the revenue projections are low, the costs are lower. So, um, um, so it's, I, I think it's a good fit for Petaluma. It's, it's a fr I, I actually like the feel of the airport. It's, it's a GA airport. It's not a big, you know, Santa Rosa type of you know airport where there's a huge amount of traffic. Uh, that's not that's you know, that's airline and other traffic. It's uh, uh, people who come from abroad, especially, will really appreciate this. It's a it's a friendly feel. Um, it will definitely attract new business to the airport, new vis visitors to the city. It'll generate new income, and it's it's a business. I'm not running this. You know, I'm part of what I when I did decided to actually leave Microsoft was to make sure I actually run it as a business, and not as a side project. Um, so what what would we like? Um, we would like your recommendation to proceed. Um, I've talked to Bob. There's possibly an executive hangar available. Part of the issue with that is uh, it's a little bit. Uh, you know more than we need to start off, so we should uh, hopefully we can get a discounted rate and and then you know have built-in uh, you know increments as we get uh, larger. Um, so and then I would like to go on to the next steps, which would uh, uh, my time frame is mid-September, and I'll tell you the reason why it's mid-September. September 1st, my stock options all west, so I have to be there till then. Uh, but uh, that's all I have to present I'm open for questions great well thank you very much it's very informative a uh, couple of points um, um, I grew up in Seattle and have a lot of family in the Bellevue area and I'll never forget the first time this was back in the early 80s my wife and I drove um, into the Redmond area uh, to see some friends that lived in a condo on Lake Sammamish yeah. and uh, the year before it was a two-lane, bumpy, asphalt, crumbling road, and we came upon four lanes with cranes putting up buildings and forests now gone with buildings and parking lots. And we thought, Microsoft, what is that? And so we asked our friends, and, she, and, and Jeannie said, get in now, it's going to be big. So anyway. Um, I hope you did, right? Yeah, it kind of got there, yeah. Um, a couple of things. Um, I've flown most of the aircraft that you had listed, other than the Mustang, maybe someday. And turns out one of our local pilot club members and a former occasional golf buddy of mine flies for Stallion oh, 51 okay. yeah. in Florida. Um, Is that John Penny? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, John Possum. Okay, yeah. Uh, and um, I've also done the air combat in the Marchetti's. So I know of what you're speaking. I've also flown the L-29 and the L-39. And the L-29, we had one come out of here a couple of years ago, and the runway was, well, let's just say he was fortunate that everything worked well, and it's a little short. The L-39, John has flown his L-39 in and out of here a number of times, and that's fine so long as you're on the numbers and you manage your energy and, and all and, that. And uh, part of the reason that... I, I would probably just take off from Belluma and then do all the uh, takeoffs and landings, say at Napa or uh, somewhere. Santa else. Rosa or somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because and then come back and just land for the final time. Okay. It's and not a place where you do 
repeated landings right. in, a, in a jet. And, and are, are, are you looking at other airports as a potential spot for your so location? Yes, yeah, so there's, there's just this and NOS field. So oh, here in NOS. NOS yeah. Oh, uh, I see. I, I don't want to be too far out of the city. Uh, okay. And, uh, and don't want to be too close because it will be prohibitively expensive. So. Okay. Okay. Um, and a couple of other points. Um, given the uh, operating uh, rules for business leases, I'm sure you've got a I've copy of the operating standards and the business lease standards yeah. from uh, minimum requirements from Bob. Um, and the length of time it takes to get a, um, a hangar, private hangar for a business built and through the approval process and all. Uh, in the past, when people have had an interest in doing a business, um, since we have existing businesses on the field that may have space available, you might want to contact them. Uh, you know, no promises, but you know they do exist, and um, there's some success in their, their track record. So you could check with them in the meantime. Um, would, uh, and maybe share hangar space or something, because I'm not sure if we have an executive box hangar open right now, but, you know, those things cycle through. Right. Um, and, of course, then there'd be the issues of, uh, particularly with the T6, the noise of the prop at full RPM and flying friendly for the neighbors. Right. Um, but those are operational things that can be worked out. So, um, personally, I like your your proposal and would probably want to really get some T6 time with you right, at some point. <laughs> but anyway, so you guys, Joe, questions? Yeah, I, I had uh, just, just one. I, you mentioned you're going to, obviously, you know how to operate in the Internet. You know how to get customers and stuff like that. So my question is, is do you know of other companies doing what you're proposing to do and what, what has been their success rate? So, so there are a couple of others. Um, you know, uh, there's one that's most similar, I would say, they're, they're called Gauntlet Warbirds. They're in Chicago. Uh, and uh, he started with a T6 and an L39. Now he has a Stearman, he has a, uh, a, a, a Yak-52, he has uh, an Extra and a couple of others. So he's been growing. And okay. uh, I just recently, Aopa turbine pilot carriers. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I've seen him, you know, because I was interested in getting a T6 yeah. checkout and I saw him his progression and it's a similar model um, he does give rides um, and he does uh, but he is uh, he is more focused on uh, he himself said that in the, in an article of uh, pilots who are he doesn't reach out to like other countries they're just pilots around who just want the experience and he's he has enough of them around the Chicago area and yeah. is that they just call him so yeah. he's, he doesn't do He's, he, the only difference, I mean, the difference is he's kind of a passive marketer, and I'm going to go actually mm -hmm. And the other question I had, and do you have a, anything set up for who's, who will do the maintenance on these aircraft? Uh, so th th I'm, I'm currently looking for uh, people, the, um, the Santa Rosa T6 that I'm buying, the IA who does that, um, he's been given to me as a referral. Uh, uh, up in Seattle, I have uh, the Flying Heritage Museum, the, the maintenance director for them is a friend. And he's given me a couple of referrals that I have to use. There's, uh, unfortunately, I don't. I can't. I would have to, you know, if there's someone at Petaluma, you guys know that would be great. I would, mm -hmm. I would love to have someone local do that. Um, T6 maintenance uh, generally, uh, it's a simple airplane. Uh, I think around annual or 100-hour checks is.
probably where I would need that. Mm -hmm. But most, you know, regular things like you know, fixing if there's a mag drop or something like that, and moving it, it's 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 not significantly different from right. uh, the radial itself, but the you know the, it's, uh, the surfaces and all that are pretty pretty standard. If someone knows how to do a decathlon, they can do most of the airframe maintenance and some of the accessory maintenance. Mm -hmm. so I would, I, you know, the routine maintenance I'd probably do it with someone who's, but then have a specialist come in and do the uh, the hundred hour. Um, either I missed it or uh, wasn't paying attention when I was writing notes. Uh, how many takeoff and landings are you anticipating uh, per day or per week or per month? So, um, so if it's a orbit ride, it's you know um, I expect that there, there's 225 days uh, that are flyable for uh, for uh, you know that, that would be sort of. VFR days that you you would expect. Uh, so if if I was lucky, maybe 200 of those days I get two warbird rides. So that's 400, and that's 400 takeoffs and landings. Um, for a training operation, usually in an hour you probably do you know five, maybe on the average if you're not doing aerobatics or anything of that sort. So uh, say about 300 hours of that, so 1,500 landings plus the 400. So about about 2,000 landings, um, but most of them I'll probably do in a kind of round robbish fashion. You know, I'll leave Petaluma, go to Napa, uh, go to uh, go out to Northfield for the crosswinds, come up here for uh, Santa Rosa, that kind. Of stuff. I, I understand that um, you know noise and are factors, and I probably would want a longer runway for start with when I have a student who's just starting on T6. Yeah. It's about 2,000 landings a year. Okay, and you're and you're saying that you you're hoping to purchase the aircraft by the end of the month and yes. then uh, a September time frame. What what is the minimum uh, hangar space that you're going to need uh, just to start? So I probably need about 600, 700 square feet uh, around there. Um, I the the design that we have for our school is it's a it's a more friendly. You know, open arrangements. So there'll be a lounge, there'll be a sort of bookshelf kind of library space, which will divide up into uh, into uh, uh, you know working spaces. And then there will be the simulator. That that's I don't know if you've seen the red red birds. It's about that size, but okay. small. You know, slightly. It doesn't have motion, but it's right. So we would need to have that in the back. So, uh, I think about six seven hundred square foot would, would do that. Okay. Is that it? That's it. Great. Um, since this is a preliminary um, overview and presentation, um, I'd like to, on behalf of the Airport Commission, thank you for coming. It's an intriguing project and would recommend that you work with Airport Manager Patterson to start developing some more of the details. For example, uh, making sure you've got a, a location locked in to operate in an agreement uh, at least tentatively drafted so you could move forward and then we would have to develop a business lease arrangement with you uh, and the insurance and all of that and more of the operational details um, and if at some point you move into one of the hangars in the commercial zone make sure that you're in full compliance with the requirements for an operating flight training 
uh, school because as you probably saw in our minimum standards there are specific requirements yeah. for that and Bob can help you work through that and we on the Commission will obviously be involved too to support you and help you um, and I, it sounds like a reasonable idea uh, to pursue and let's see where it goes and um, see if we can move forward with this so is that okay with you that's great I'll, I'll have a full business plan that I'll share with Bob and he can share is that okay with you guys even though we're not a quorum right now mm -hmm. is that okay to move forward? okay then then let's do that and again thank you for coming it looks intriguing and personally I'd love to have you here yeah. so we'll see how it works <laughs> out thank you okay thank you okay let's move on to item next Get Mark back up. Mr. Chairman, you can get Mark back up here. Was there a speaker card on that item? Say again. Was there a speaker card on that item? Uh, no, no, no. We'll have to get one from Monadep. Okay. Uh, next item, six B, uh, Young Eagles project uh, for Petaluma. Bill Marco, thank yep. you for coming, sir. Yeah, my name is Bill Marco. I'm a member of the Experimental Aircraft Association. I've been asked to be the Young Eagle coordinator for Chapter 1534, which is the local chapter here at Petaluma Airport of Liberty Flyers. We're planning on doing a joint event with PAPA and the EAA on July 21st, the same day as the airport display day. And um, as of today, the EAA has provided kids from ages 8 to 17 1,694,182 Young Eagle flights nationwide. The Young Eagle program is a five-step program. It starts off with events like this where the kids get a free airplane ride. No cost to them. It's a non-profit organization. The, after that, they, uh, they, get a, they get a coupon from the EAA that gives them a free student membership to the Experimental Aircraft Association. And they also, with this coupon, they also get to Sporty's Pilot Shop has provided a complete flight training course. It's a value of $215 that they get for free so they can go ahead and do part of their ground training. They also, after they finish those two things, the students will get a voucher for a first flight, a free first flight at their uh, school of their choice, probably one of these schools at Petaluma, I'm guessing, because it's local. And after they finish that, then they, get a, they can apply for scholarships for flight training from the Experimental Aircraft Association. <clears throat> these events are volunteer-based, and. They promote aviation to young people as well as bring together the public with the airport community. And I've been involved in this for at least a decade, and it, it's made a big difference the way the community sees the airport and the people involved in it. I know up when we were running it up in Fortuna, I started the chapter up there, and we were giving at these events over 100 flights at each event, and that's a lot smaller community than here. And it really changed the, uh, you know, the city of Fortuna's attitude on the airport and the noise and everything else when their kids were getting free airplane rides. It, it, it kind of took some of the, the um, you know, conflict out of the whole thing. And it became a popular thing. We, uh, we try to do these every six months is what it turns out to works out the best because it takes about that long to convince the volunteers to come back and do it again. It's a lot of work. Okay. It's, you know, and it's all volunteer-based. And one of the things we do at these events is we, we usually – we, we get the permit from the health department so we can sell hot dogs and all that stuff and keep it all legit. And we try to, since the pilots are volunteering their aircraft and their time, we try to keep them encouraged to come back by paying for their fuel. And one of the things we've done in the past is we, we've asked, we have asked the airport operators if there's a chance we can get a discount on the fuel, specifically for the fuel we use. And what we'll do is we'll fill up the airplanes where the owners want it, we'll log it, 
after they fly the flights, we'll put the fuel back in and we'll hopefully, that way we can keep track of it so nobody's trying to get extra fuel or anything out of it. But it would help a lot to keep the volunteers coming back because that's the big thing. I've contacted the Coast Guard and it looks like they're going to fly in one of their helicopters for the event. They used to do it up in Fortuna for us all the time, bring in their crews and set up a static display. As well as talk to, I'm not sure of his name, but the local guy who has the Yak-11. He's probably going to bring his plane out. And I've talked to a lot of the pilots driving around the hangars asking if they could bring out their planes for stack display and maybe, because we need a lot of distraction while there's a line for these kids to take these flights. So it's kind of an informative thing. There'll be some stack display aircraft with people on showing them the basics of the airplane stuff before they get in the line. We'll have plenty of crowd control. It's a pretty organized event. We'll, it was, safety's the number one thing. We don't want to be, you know, known for having the first accident in these things because they haven't had one yet and I don't ever plan on having one. So safety is the number one concern. All the pilots have additional insurance through the EAA. If they have more than $30,000 on their plane, which is kind of what we require, the EAA throws a million dollars on top of every airplane. So it's well covered and it's all sponsored by the Experimental Aircraft Association. And uh, I'm just hoping you guys can uh, approve all this going on and, and see what you can do about helping us out with the fuel to make it happen. And, that's pretty much it. Are there any questions? Mark? I had a question for Mr. Patterson. I know in the past the uh, Petaluma Area Pilots Association has sponsored a penny a pound flight, which is a flight in which the public can come out and for a penny plus a couple of bucks they could uh, have a ride in, right. in town. And our event kind of came to a close due to insurance issues. And I was wondering if the city has any further insurance issues that this group will need to be aware of or the EAA, their insurance is going to cover cover this uh, situation? I will have to check with risk on this project. Right. right. The EAA will include the city of Petaluma as named on the insurance. Okay. That's, That's a standard procedure every place I've right. been. We actually get them, they'll fill out a certificate of insurance with you as additionally named. Okay. Bob, um, I know you looked into this. Um, do you have a recommendation on a um, price discount on, on the fuel? Well, believe it or not, we don't make a lot of profit on the fuel sales. Um, we try to price our fuel moderately right. within the area. I, I think this is a good event, and I think we should support it if we can. Mm -hmm. I would recommend a, a discount of 20 cents. 20 cents a gallon? Okay. We'll take anything we can get. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. Uh, what, what age uh, children are uh, given these? The, uh, they have to be under 18. And the target age is 8 to 17, but we have given younger kids rides. Okay. Depending on the aircraft available, a lot of times we'll let the parents go with them. Mm -hmm. And depending on how they're behaved, it's kind of like a call at the line. We don't want any, yeah. you know, we don't, we don't let infants go or anything like that. Yeah, because the kids actually get to control the aircraft, you know, there's dual controls and everything. So they actually get to manipulate the aircraft a little bit. And it's, it's uh, pretty uh, funny when we bring them back. I'd hate to be the parents because they're pretty amped up when they get off the airplanes and I imagine it takes them a while to come down from it, but uh, it's 8 to 17 generally, but we will allow younger ones depending on how they behave. Okay, great. Yeah, I know the feeling of some of the participants we had when we were doing penny a pound, and it was the same yeah. thing. It was just... Well, the nice thing about this is the insurance and the and everything else. You know, it just kind of takes away the whole... And you're not charging for it, it's so not, there's, it's absolutely not a business. Free. It's, just it's a nice day for the public to come out and exactly. see what the airport's about. So Cool. And then, then how is this uh, event promoted? How will people find out We've about it? We've already contacted radio stations. We're going to contact Channel 4. I, that's what I did up in Fortuna. I contact all the radio. The newspapers will usually run an ad for us for free because it's non-profit. Mm -hmm. And we'll get it announced like that. And have you contacted uh, Papa um, 
officers to uh, I spoke at your last to, meeting. Okay. I was out of town. I oh, yeah. I gave, I gave a presentation at the last meeting, and okay. we got the list. We're just trying to get everything together, and then okay. I'll be at your next meeting and Super. start okay. hammering volunteers out. Other questions, Joe? No. We've already talked once at the last meeting. I'm looking forward to this because, one, it, it, it will grow what is in my heart, which is the display day. It's a second reason to get the people out here and see the airplanes and give the kids a chance to ride. I'm, you know, I'm 120% behind it. Do you have a feeling for how many aircraft are going to participate at this point? I'm hoping to get at least a dozen. Okay. And we're already setting up, a, we're already developing a set pattern it's to, for safety and everything else. As you know, so we have it depending on which way the wind goes. We got two separate patterns we're test flying right now to make sure so we won't interfere with any traffic or anything like Great. that. Okay, okay, super. Um, well, based on that recommendation of 20 cents a gallon, any discussion on that, or can I? I'll entertain a motion to approve that and we can get this project moving. Yeah, I'm ready. A motion we give them a 20, to 20 cents a gallon. Cents a gallon. Yeah. Okay, a second, 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 Mark. Okay, all in favor? Aye. 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 You're good, dude. Thank you very much. You bet. See you at the next Papa meeting. You bet. Thank you. Okay. Committee reports. Um, operations. A couple of things. Um, on the finance side, uh, Bob got you the reports. Uh, looks like we've got a fairly good-sized surplus right now, but most of that will go to pay our last loan payment, um, which will be this month, will it, or it was in May, wasn't it? I was paid in May. Paid in May. This report is only current through April. So we'll have a couple of months more revenue and expense to show up on here, but we're still projecting end up with a slight surplus at year end, um, which is always nice to see. Uh, details of the revenues and expenses, uh, you can see those. Nothing too much out of the ordinary. A few uh, repairs came up. Uh, and some uh, utility expenses that were a little higher than anticipated. Um, but all in all, not too bad. Our jet sales were down a fair bit from what we'd projected, mainly because a couple of the jet A burners are in were in maintenance um, for the month. So uh, all things considered, that's going pretty well. Um, we've also, the operations subcommittee met, and we were looking at minimum standards for um, commercial business leases on the field and uh, we made some preliminary recommendations and Bob has taken those to, the, to planning uh, for review and I guess their input so we'll see how that goes um, and we also have I think planning is it planning or is it legal it's looking at our operating uh, operating rules and standards you're speaking of the rules and regulations? Yeah, rules and regulations, right. yeah. Uh, presently, we have both uh, the present um, ordinance of rules and regulations and the one that the uh, commission has drafted. And what we'll be doing uh, during the next period of time is getting a red line version so we can present it to legal and show them the differences of the two documents. Okay. Do you have any sense of when that might be available for our review and endorsement? Uh, soon. Soon. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's good enough. I would say a month or two. month or two. Okay. Great. Okay. 
a question for Mr. Patterson as um, far as our runway lights, if we've realized any savings by having them on pilot controlled lighting yet or it's the time frame's just been too short to, to actually pick that out of uh, the, the, the PG&E bill, so to speak. Uh, I've been trying to monitor that and there has been a savings. Uh, it looks like five to seven, five to nine hundred dollars a month is what it appears to be uh, coming back. So that'll add up yeah. in the end. Thank you. Right. Yeah, that'll add up. Okay. Um, anything else on operations, guys? Okay. Projects. Um, were you at the projects committee? Yeah. Uh, the alternate fuel um, question. We had a meeting on it. Uh, we discussed an, a number of issues, but basically, what uh, we came out of it is we need to put together a list of items that uh, we need to look at, uh, although alternate fuel isn't going to happen tomorrow. Uh, we, don't, we also don't want to be behind the eight ball on it, so we're kind of talking about uh, the issues, uh, what things we would have to look at from an infrastructure standpoint, uh, what would we do while we're switching over uh, as you know, low lead goes away at some point. Uh, we want to be in a position for it. Um, we also looked at the possibility of, you know, if you did it some point down the future, uh, there are um, tankage and mm. pumps that are sell as one complete unit. Mm. Uh, but along with that, uh, as Bob continually points out, which I'm glad he does, uh, it's in order to do it, you need an STC for your air aircraft. And that means that STC would have to be validated by somebody at the airport who's going to pump the fuel, which means another body or, you know, use of a body to get that uh, fuel pump. So there's... It's by no means a simple, let's just switch over and do it. There's a lot of yeah. questions to it, and uh, we're starting to list those out, and, and we're going to, our next meeting, we're going to start prioritizing which ones we want to start looking at, you know, what is long term, what is short term, and kind of decide where we're going on the okay. next move. Great. Anything else to add on that, Bob? No, that's okay. pretty much it. Okay, super. Anything else on projects? Besides that one, Bob? I believe that's that uh, it. Joe covered it all. Okay, right. super. Okay, uh, manager's report. Uh, currently, we our hangars are full. We have a couple hangars uh, opening up at the end of June, and we have two prospective tenants ready to move in, so um, <laughs> we'll continue to... That's an embarrassment full. of good <laughs> fortune, <laughs> isn't it? Wow. Uh, second of all, uh, AIP... 23, which we applied for back in February, March. Uh, we probably won't hear from the FAA until July, which is close to the end of their fiscal year. Uh, they just had their bill passed, so the money is there. Um, one thing that did happen with this uh, current FAA bill is they were paying, reimbursing at 95%, mm -hmm. and the bill currently, as it stands, will reimburse at 90%. Right. And Caltrans, which typically in the past has been at two and a half percent, has raised that to five percent. So hmm. our match, which was at two and a half percent, and that goes to five. Uh, there is money in the 
operating budget next year to cover the difference of that increase for us. But the good thing is Caltrans stepped up and uh, went to 5%. Right. So we should be getting a, a grant award sometime in July, which is next month. Excellent. And we've had one complaint on uh, a, noise, a noise issue. It was over on the west side of town, away from the airport. And w we've asked the pilot to alter his practice area to accommodate uh, less noise. That was the only one? That's the only one. Okay, great. And uh, if you have any questions, that's all I had for this evening. Okay. Any questions for Bob? All right, super. Thank you very much. Okay, um, commission comments. Right. Well, yeah, I'd just say we've got a lot of positive uh, issues coming before the commission here in the last uh, few months, and that's uh, really uh, nice to see the potential growth that we're going to continue to have, and uh, the airport will stand to be a place that everybody wants to be at. Thank you. Mark. Just want to make note that we did have out of our two helicopter operations, one uh, move off the field and um, go to another location out of state. Mm. One one still remains, so you'll still see some helicopters uh, flying at Petaluma doing flight training. Okay, that's it. Go. Nothing. Okay. Um, I just like to thank both of our presenters tonight. Um, very informative, <coughs> and we learned a lot. And we again look forward to uh, working with you and moving forward. And uh, if it's right, we'll help you get it working. Okay. So thank you all for coming, and we are adjourned. <laughs>